this a metal thing? Yes. Welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Your panel of expert hosts each week are me, Dr. Bryce Hansen. I hold a PhD in spookology. And across from me sits... David, David, David. David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. David, what's making you feel spooky? Oh, I, let me tell you what, they make me feel spooky, Bryce. Uh, you know, today we watched a uh, we watched a movie called Green Room. <laughs> Nothing scarier than white people. <laughs> Let me tell you, those supremacists, when they come at you, (laughs) they mean business. (laughs) we got a great show today. We'll be reviewing Green Room, as previously mentioned. Uh, Before we get started, check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we also host Second Saturday Watch Parties on Streamlounge.io, so if you want to watch a horror movie with us every month, you can do it that way. Uh, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Uh, so how this episode will go, if you're new, we'll start out by giving a brief uh, synopsis and review of the movie and our score. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, you know how no- 1 to 10 works. Like like numbers, you know, we we practice all the time. A counting. B C D E One, two, F three, G. four, five, a six, J. seven, eight, nine, ten. Is that so hard? Huh? I've never misfiled anything. Not once. Not one time. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, we'll be playing a new game called uh, Color Me Titled. Okay. What does that mean? Well, you'll stick around and find out. Uh, uh, okay. Um. So let's get into it. We went and saw, or we watched Green Room, and I did not see that coming. Nazi. <laughs> Bryce, you, Bryce, Bryce Hansen, you slay me. Oh, we have fun here. Here's the trailer. Okay, I'm with the Eight Rights from Washington, D.C. You guys are hard to find. Why no social media presence? The music is shared live. It's time and aggression. You gotta be there. Sorry, guys, we gotta clear up. Follow me. And then it's over. Holy shit. You can't keep us here and you gotta let us go. We're not keeping you, you're just staying. We're so fucking dead, guys. 
What do we do? Oh, shit. This will be over soon, gentlemen. What are they doing? They're coming. We gotta go. And we die. The longer we wait, the sure that is. Is that a pep talk? Just grab some shit, get ready to run. Here we go. It's also on Showtime. Okay. The subscription. Although we are pre-recording this episode. So this who knows? This is, a patron, this is a patron pick. Yeah, this is a patron pick. For April? Yeah. Yep. So Green Room is about death row guards at a penitentiary in the 1930s. They have a moral dilemma with when their job, uh, when they discover one of their prisoners, a convicted murderer, has a special gift. Um, Bryce. What? Uh-huh. It just seems like uh, we might have watched different movies. Oh wait, that's that's the Green Mile. I'm yes, sorry. I must I must be missing. Sorry, this one's about a working class Italian American bouncer who becomes a driver of an African American classical pianist on a tour of venues through the nineteen sixties American South. Bryce, <clears throat> what? I I think you may have done it again i think that's might not be the right movie and what movie is it is i i don't know but green book oh sorry oh okay uh green room is about a struggling punk rock band who lands a gig at a white supremacist bar there it is since no one in the band is a person of color they decide that's fine (laughs) (laughs) when they inadvertently stumble into a crime scene they get trapped in the green room see what they did there uh, then Mirror Universe Captain Picard and his band of skinheads plot to kill them and stage a crime scene to cover up the crimes. <clears throat> Hang on. Hang on. Let's see if this works. It's hard to turn off because it's literally YTMND. So Green Room is worth seeing, but I think it gets a little overhyped as a quote-unquote hidden gem. I think the novelty of seeing Patrick Stewart as the bad guy gave this movie some legs, but it's essentially a run-of-the-mill thriller. 
There are some moments of gore in the latter half of the film as the band tries to escape, but a lot of people probably would have issue with classifying this as a horror movie. I don't care about these people. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This thing where you want to be like, right. this is not horror. I'm guarding the gate. Um, <laughs> per- <laughs> personally, I think this film suffers because the main characters seem like a bunch of insufferable assholes, and I don't really care what happens to them. I mean, uh, and really, all the character development that we're given is that they're hardcore punk, whatever that means, and they're desert desert island bands, I guess. Now we're really rooting for them because they like Massive Attack or whatever. I don't know. The Cure. I don't know. <clears throat> the situation is compelling, though, um, like the basic plot, and it's generally uh, it generally kept me engaged for the duration. Uh, I wouldn't steer people clear of it, but, I mean, it's a good movie. Um, it's got some good aspects, but, uh, yeah, I think it, it gets way too much praise. Uh, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Like, oh, people always talk about how it's good. It's good, just not that great. I, I give it a 6 out of 10. This is interesting because, um, well, uh, number one, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, this proves that we aren't just... A24 lip service fanboys who are just going to give everything A24 a great score. Um, But it's also interesting because I remember a little bit bemoaning having to watch this, uh, being like, "Ah, the patrons are making me watch Mm -hmm. Green Room again. I I had already watched Green Room, and I liked it okay. But I remember you being like, I like Green Room. Mm -hmm. Um, Did something... uh, Was your second watched through did it change your uh perception of it or do you still like this to the extent that you liked it the first time around that's probably about the same extent i mean it's a good movie yeah it is a good movie um i didn't remember it being this good of a movie actually it's just not it's not particularly exceptional like it's not like a must see in any regard even if it is good i don't know i will i'll I'll give it this the the violence is shocking and intense um, right b- truly really out of left field and brutal when it happens um and uh so and not only that <clears throat> strangely true to life feeling like i feel like like you know there's a lot of over dramatization to mm-hmm. kills in movies like you know halloween or friday the 13th or something mm-hmm. like this uh, where death scenes last way too long, or mm-hmm. it's just uh, you know the person has a lets a big long wailing scream or yada yada. Whereas this treats it with like this really cold, like quick finality and certainty. That's just like, oh no, we just gutted him, mm. and then he kind of kind of right. gurgled out and he was done. And it was <clears throat> it's very shocking when these things happen. And uh, in that regard, I was kind of, I kind of like, they hit me with the uh, the paddles, mm. you know? It was mm-hmm. like, oh, whoa, I'm back here. I'm, I'm back into this movie. Like, right. wow. Um, so I had a, I think I had a better time this second time around than I had the first time. And I, I, uh, <clears throat> I will say that most of your criticisms of it are pretty fair. Like, these characters are apathetic youth uh, surrounded by militant um white supremacists and you kind of go 
Okay, so a bunch of scumbags and amongst a bunch of other scumbags. <laughs> so who's worse? Kind of, but obviously the white supremacists are worse. But it reminds me of the the uh, Homer Palooza episode on Simpsons, where it's like, oh, there's that guy that gets shot in the stomach with a bowling ball. Here's pretty cool. Are you being are you being sarcastic, man? I don't even know anymore. Right. So it's like you see you see these like. Total apathetic band members. They're like, oh yeah, there's white supremacists like Nazi and swastikas all over your 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 band um, venue. I'm like, whatever, man. I don't. I'm too cool. To I'm care still about playing. That. They're paying us a hundred bucks, bro. Like, okay, okay. How like, how high can your standards really? Like be how then? how much can you really care about someone that's like, mm, I don't really want to. I'm fine with being here. Like, I don't know. It's just, there's something about me that's just like, I don't know. Just turns me off when people are like, yeah, I can hang around for a while. <laughs> yeah. No, you have a really good point. I think I think if you don't stand up and be like, I'm going to leave now, then yeah. you're a li- at least a little bit to blame in what happens to you. Um, but that's a little bit what this movie's about, right? It's right. like, it's like, well... I don't want to stand up and leave because then maybe they'll do something about that. Sure. You've entered a, di- a dangerous yeah, it situation. Would, it would no be nice what. if they set that up a little better. Yes. You know. Yeah. Anywho, so I enjoyed this to about the tune of a, I'd say a seven out of ten. It's, okay. But I, I could easily be pushed down to a six. Yeah. Um, If you're listening to any commercials right now, you should know that you don't have to. You can go to our Patreon and uh, subscribe and get rid of those commercials. Get early access once we finish editing the episode at a certain tier. I'll let you figure out which one. Um, also, check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact contact him at dgoebel00. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. Make your artistic dreams come true. Call us at 682-253-4468 to leave us a voicemail. Um, and with that, let's talk about some spoilers. Yeah, let's get a little, a little taste. Spoilers. Okay, um... Yeah, so, I mean, we're introduced to these people and they're siphoning gas for their band trip. And it makes me ask the question, like, maybe you're not really ready for touring yet? If, like, to go to your band venue, you have to siphon gas repeatedly? I'm so excited for this episode now that I realize the math that you're doing and applying to these punks yeah which is which is conservative mormon math no i mean it's like what <laughs> I'm so happy. i guess what point is it <laughs> i guess that's the i guess that's punk it's, it's like, not uh, that it's punk it's that these are a bunch of kids that have a ton of energy and it's going into their music and they got nowhere else to be. They got nothing Mm. else to do. Mm. They don't got jobs. They don't want jobs. Mm. What they want is to play their music to fans. So this thing where you go, maybe you should, uh, maybe you kids should get it together is, 
flies in the face of what these kids even want to do in the first place, you know? Okay, Look fair. Look at how old you are. Fair. Um, and so they travel all the way and, like, siphon gas, and they get to the place where they're supposed to play a show, and the promoter's like, oh, yeah. Um, About that. <laughs> a bunch of people took a shit in the venue, so I'm not really welcome there anymore. But, tell you what, I've got the Waffle House <laughs> marked in you guys want to go down to bob's big boy and play there <laughs> so like do a concert in front of like five people eating waffles one two three four fuck you fuck you fuck you and it's like i'm trying to eat my waffles can you can you not right oh and they get what, like six dollars yeah uh, from it and 81 cents, cents. Yeah. yeah yeah um Ew. so um, they kind of get upset with the promoter, and the promoter's like, I can make this good. Let me set you up with my Nazi cousin. <laughs> Play his venue. And they're like, okay. Well. Sounds great. I love how he intros it. He's like, listen, you're going to, you're going to, it's a, it's a different crowd. Okay. They're conservative. Uh, I guess technically, actually, they're pretty f- like extreme left. <laughs> what was the, what was the phrase of the use? Like. Skins and something. I, I can't remember I that. I can't remember. But he goes, he goes, they're pretty conservative. Although I guess you'd technically call them pretty far left. <laughs> Which, you know, when you get into a, either extreme, you're just in the horseshoe. Right. You know, it's like, oh, we're right about, or back around to the other side. Yeah. Because <laughs> there is no difference uh, in the extremes. But, yeah, this, this thing where he's like, yeah, maybe play your old stuff like your much more aggressive stuff mm-hmm. they're gonna like that more it's gonna play better yeah and i'm like <laughs> so they get they get to this venue and there's just swastikas everywhere I'm like ss nazi white power woo and like yeah everyone's aggressively skinhead and uh god help you if fart simpson gets a hold of this episode <laughs> god help you um you're gonna be you're going to be part of the SS. Um, so, <laughs> so they they start playing, and this is another place where it's kind of weird, and maybe I just don't have the ear for it. They play their first song, and everyone's like, boo, fuck you, boo. Well, because it's fuck, their first song is fuck Nazi punks. Oh, is that what they're saying? Yeah. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of these... I. I don't know if it. I don't know which band it is. I'll be wrong no matter what. But you know, there's oh, a, it's a cover. Yeah, it's a cover. There's a lot of different. Uh, there's a lot of different varieties of punks. There's anarcho punks. There's you know. There's all these different. And uh, you know, a lot. A big portion of the punk community does not like the Nazi punks. I, you know, take a stab at why. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they're obviously they knew their crowd and they knew they were tell them to fuck off. Mm. So. Yeah, they're still playing the show, and they're still accepting money from the Nazis. Oh, okay. But they're getting their dig in by saying, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. A certain, like, just that specialized, pretentious, like, uh, self-aggrandizing, like, way of... <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> of compromising your morality. Right. Mm-hmm. Being like, we'll make it... We'll make it okay because we'll start the show by saying "fuck mm-hmm, you." Mm-hmm. That's how we should start all our shows. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, fuck Michael Myers, <laughs> <laughs> he's, fuck Puppet Master. He's like a like a big dirty wreck. 
raccoon. Big dirty raccoon, David. Um, so they play their show, and you know they get embraced by the Nazis, I guess, to a certain extent. Um, and then they go back and they're informed that like the green room's not available. They've moved all their stuff out to the car. Um, the the other band has come and they they needed to be in the green green room, the headlining band, and then um the you know maybe yeah maybe from arrested maybe development. from arrested developments like oh no i forgot my phone Aaliyah shawcat yeah. is in this yeah and uh she goes back to get her phone from the green room and she opens it and sees a girl dead on the floor with a knife in her head yeah it's it's pr- a pretty impressive sight it's right. very gut-wrenching and this is what i do like about this movie it just feels like something that has happened many times. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, it's definitely like a world that this this bar could definitely exist. And, and where they shot, they shot this between Astoria and Portland. And I mean, if we're being honest, that's probably where this stuff happens. Right. <laughs> the one thing I would think maybe it wouldn't be as crowded, but maybe that's being too optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so. They stumble on this crime scene, and immediately they try to call the police, and that... I love up. I love this for, I don't know, the maybe the best reason, which is, oh, you're, you're a bunch of uh, 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 punks, huh? You know, the first thing you do when you see a crime is call the police, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that shows how far that... Rhetoric right. goes. Right. How how committed you are to that. Anarchy. Anarchy. Um, um, excuse me, sir, there's been a murder. It's like, isn't this what you wanted? Anarchy? What did you think anarchy meant? Did you th- was there a good part of it? Um so they call and like they immediately like get shoved into this green room and basically trapped by the the oh. venue manager and was like you know fuck uh, just chill out everyone chill out everything's fine don't worry about it don't leave this room uh don't worry about it (laughs) and and he leaves in in there with them he leaves big justin right (laughs) literally his 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 name in the movie big justin um they have some great names in this (laughs) compound uh there's worm Uh uh-huh there's tiger you know Mm uh there's you know big West, big Justin so mm-hmm. yeah casting was pretty good casting was good I will say not a lot of diversity though not a lot I of know. diversity I could have used you know I'm just saying it just felt really white well there was someone that was English oh that's true so oh but that's the same oh. you know speaking of casting Anton Yelchin does he remind you of anyone we sometimes play a game oh like game. poor man poor man yeah um anton this? plays the main character pat the lead singer of the band and it's not coming to you off the bat but every time i saw him i was like elijah wood no oh yeah no. elijah, a little bit yeah, elijah yeah. excuse me may i have him on anyway. yeah there's a little bit of that definitely yeah um so they get trapped in there and then mirror picard shows up and starts plotting like they, he's the he's the head of the neo Nazis and the 
area. And uh, he's, like, figuring out how to cover up this murder and protect his own because, you know, they are superior, right? Um, well, the and, and the, the girl got killed by the band, the headlining band, right. the guy from the headlining band. Yeah. And as he's leaving the room to go play on stage to basically right. just be like, okay, I murdered a girl. Bye. <laughs> bye. <Bye-bye. laughs> he says to our lead character, Pat, he goes, what was that second to the last song that you played? Oh yeah. That was a badass song, man. That's the song I did her to. Like mm-hmm. that's the song I poked the knife into her skull mm-hmm. on. I was like, wow, it's such a dark fucking thought. Yeah. Uh, one of my first questions about this movie is why does one, only one band member has a phone? They're siphoning gas. Yeah, but everyone in that situation would still have like a Walmart, like phone card phone. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I, I suppose maybe, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly why they did the phone situation the way they did. In my opinion, this compound is a very remote place, and you could have right. easily, easily solved this problem with just the fact that there is no cell service in between Astoria and Portland. Right. Period. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. 3G either. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's all just kind of a deep woods feel to it anyway. Um. So, there's that. Um, but it's a, it's a, like, the story of them being trapped in the green room is compelling. It's like a pretty great situation especially as you're like going back and forth between um between patrick stewart like plotting and you know there's there's this certain amount of uh dramatic irony of you knowing what's going to happen to him and then when they're coming to the door is like hey guys we're working it out everything's fine the cops figured it out no no worries just need just need that gun that need you got your, in there. <laughs> need your cooperation real bad here. Uh, we got a situation. We don't. Yeah, it's again. This is the thing that I kind of like about it. The dialogue is feels real. Like the situation, it's exactly how you would expect. Kind of a a shrewd neo Nazi to mm-hmm. kind of play. Like, right? I understand the law. That's why I continue to operate. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, well, it's it's also like a nice, I have committed multiple felonies. I can get away with it. I'm that guy, right? Yeah, there's def- probably the best character development is for um, Darcy. The it's played by Patrick Stewart because mm-hmm. he's he's the owner of the club and like the the leader neo Nazis. Um, to where it's like he's obsessed with fire codes in the club. He's like. He sees like something in the hallway and is like, "That's not a code. Get the get it out of here." It's like, yeah, because <laughs> he's he's shrewd. He knows what needs to be done to keep the law off right. his back. Yeah, he he understands it, and that's I really appreciate the realism in this is because it's like, ooh, I bet this is how it works. Yeah. So as. Mir Picard is plotting. He sees in their, they're, they're like snooping around their van. They see the siphoning materials. And he's like, okay, well, there's our out. We're going to set them up to be siphoning our car. And I guess be justified in murdering them. That, that was still kind of unclear of like, how does that make it better that you murdered them for siphoning gas? Well, two wrongs make a right. Right. 
Um, so they're setting up their their hit squad of red laces guys, which apparently means true believers. True believers. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of white supremacist rhetoric and stuff uh, mm-hmm. going on in this, and yeah, they do have a lot of, I imagine, accurate right phrases and turns of phrase for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, gets to a point where like they're trying to trying to actually get him out of the room and they they want to exchange the gun for the phone or they want the gun out of the room to make sure that just make sure everyone's on a level level head don't worry about it just give the gun like we don't want to hurt anyone we just want you guys to go um and then the band demands a phone in exchange and this is where it turns the corner because he like puts his the gun out to and to reach out for the phone and then, grab his hand, pull his arm out. Yeah, pull his arm out, and you just see him screaming in agony. You don't see what's going on. Ugh. And when he pulls his hand back, it's just mauled from like machetes and stuff. It is hacked to bits. Right, it's just completely hacked to bits. It's very right. It's it's one of the most upsetting scenes I've seen in a long time. Right, and this is one of the things that. <laughs> Okay, this is this. I will admit this is nitpicky, but also, why? Um, why are none of the stab wounds or slashes like bleeding ever? Like his arm would be covered in ble- you wouldn't even be able to see what's going on if they had slashed it that much. Yeah, there is n- no blood in this movie. Yeah, and then like they make it a point to, um, since the police were called and they like cut off the the 911 call 911 called back and they like oh yeah there was a stabbing so they're trying to cover it up and they get two uh nazis to take the fall which is basically we got to get you guys to stab one of the other ones to to have a stabbing that can be reported and they make it a point of like showing the stabbing but the guy doesn't bleed at all right it's just like oh they shoot show two cuts which it's- if i was like in the am- amber lamps i would be like <sighs> You called this an hour ago, and there's no blood on this guy's shirt. Like, what? What's going on here? It is a strange choice, but it does feel like an intentional one because there is a lot of violence in this movie and almost no blood, and right. and not just violence. We're talking about like hacking people up, right? Eviscerating them, right? And um, and it's and it's not like it's not like the the violence is, to the flesh isn't shown. It's just shown sans blood. So, like, so, there's this one scene yeah. where the skin comes apart and you see the fat below. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just, I, th- I feel like they're just trying to show off a weird, yeah. cool effect. Maybe maybe they just had a real strict budget. And then they're like, oh, shit, guys, we can't afford any corn syrup and red food dye. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we? Well, no one's going to notice. No, it's fine. No, no. But it, I mean, that being said, without the blood, it's plenty gross oh, yeah, in a different way. Yeah, it's it's effective. Uh, it's like one of those things that I didn't notice until second viewing. But it's like they're going for reality. They're going for like realism, very much so in this movie. To where it's like that was this on this viewing kind of distracting. Um, Agreed. So they. They have this bodyguard in there with them the whole time, and eventually they just decide to choke him out, you know, to, 
you know, make him not a liability. Well, one, and of, then, them, one of them is a wrestler, so he can really put the moves on him. Yeah. And then the girl that's not associated with the van, but was her friend that got stabbed in the head, she just straight up guts him with a box opener. Yeah. Very. Again, one of these moments that just shocks you back into the movie. You're like, whoa, she just, like, everything was going fine and then she just out of nowhere comes with this incredibly mm-hmm. violent act that starts and ends just like that right Whew. yeah um in the beginning when they're interviewed by the like promoter or journalist or whatever they one of the questions that was asked was what's your desert what's your uh desert island band that you would pick and they all come up with you know kind of punk band names or like you know stuff that's you know, people wouldn't in the seed wouldn't be upset about, and then eventually gets to a point where maybe, <laughs> maybe Funky, uh, Sam, uh, Aaliyah Shaw Cat, um, she she says, my Desert Island band is Simon and Garfunkel. She changes because we're getting more honest now. Yeah, and then uh, Anton Yelchin the whole time he's like indecisive about his. Which is supposed to be like I don't know what that's supposed to tell you about the character. It's uh, yeah. What's well, he? It's a bit of a cop out. It's a bit of a cop out at um at unearned character depth. Yeah, you know, it's like. But it does. It does have the best earned moment of the movie, which is the very end. He's like, "I've got my desert island band," and then the girl that was with him that's not with the band was like tell someone who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> which is a great great way to end it you never but then it goes in i mean the credits are played over uh credence clearwater Re- revival so it's kind of implied that that's who his band is oh by the way great one yeah that that girl who told him who gives a shit that's Imogen poots she's been in a ton of mm-hmm. horror movies i think she was in vivarium and yeah 28 weeks later yeah been in some horror movies that's for sure um black christmas 2019 mm-hmm. <laughs> quality Remember stuff that one Ugh. so eventually they they decide to go out and like make their stand um also the, i guess they they discover some kind of meth lab below them which yeah. goes nowhere yeah they never really i mean i guess there's drugs and that's all you need to know yeah it's yeah it's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a who cares because it's like it's like you need more reason to hate the white supremacists right you know but on the other hand it makes sense because it's like how are these people getting all this money it's like well obviously they're making drugs um so they they make their stand and they go out and they have all these you know fashioned weapons and they open the door and go out and no one's there Right. Like everyone's exited the building. Um, but they soon realize that they're surrounded and like the dogs are sent in and it's pretty violent. And some of them get out and then are immediately murdered. It's kind of weird. A lot of. This is a, this is a form of violence you don't hear a lot about, which is white on white violence. Mm. And specifically, white supremacist on white violence it's like mm-hmm, wh- mm-hmm. what would you say you're trying to accomplish here <laughs> are you for the white people or not <laughs> turns out some of them aren't supreme <laughs> i'm so sorry um um no but 
do you have any uh, white supremacist stories? Do you have any run-ins with white supremacists? <laughs> no. I, I mean, ha- other than my family, but... <laughs> Just jokes. Uh, no. um, when I went to my first concert ever in, I think it was 2000, it was uh, Tattoo the Earth. It was Ozfest, basically. Um, there was Slipknot, there was Ozzy, there was Slayer. And I remember toward the evening when Slayer came on, like the crowd changed and I was in seventh or eighth grade, just a mm-hmm. kid. And, um, there was a, you know, the Slayer concerts have a decent amount of skinheads. That, mm-hmm. They're kind of like the deadheads that follow them around. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this at the time. And I, uh, and I got hit in the head by a flying Jack Daniels bottle. I mean, knocked out really, really actually clocked me very good. Um, and I just was, you know, that stunned version of knocked out and this big hulking, completely like shiny headed mm-hmm. bald with tattoos all over his face, walked up and bent over with extreme concern. I was uh-huh. a little kid, basically, at a yeah. metal show, and he he grabs me by the shirt. Very, I just remember how powerful he was, and he picked me up and he stood me upright, and he goes, "Are you okay, little buddy?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't what." And he was like, "Oh, you're real concussed. We got to get you to the medical tent." And then he picked me up like a like a like a baby, <laughs> you know, and he just carried me hmm. to the medical tent. And that, uh, that ever since then, I realized you've realized like you know, these skinheads are good people. White supremacists <laughs> care a lot about white people. <laughs> he saw the whitest little kid on earth get clocked in the head, and he was like, "I must act." You know, they, <laughs> you make a good point, David. Like, they're not all bad. <laughs> I did. That was not my point. <laughs> but that's your family's point. Uh. Why don't you tell me what I don't know? <laughs> so, you know, they get they get basically preyed upon. Uh, about half the band in that first volley gets eliminated. And they get pushed back in. Um, oh, the thing that, like, they discover is that dogs don't like feedback. So they put a mic against the speaker and that got the doggies away. Right, right. Um, and then the... They send in some more skinheads. It's just basically back and forth between like, oh, they're about to get out to let's send in more skinheads. Oh, they defeated the skinheads. Oh, let's. <laughs> it's it, like stuff happens, but I don't care. It's a very Scooby-Doo sort of <laughs> scenario. And I'd have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you punks. Yeah. There's a couple moments where like they have a shotgun. Yeah. Like the easiest, most powerful gun in the world. To have in this kind of situation, they like still fuck that up. Like, I don't like the ground now. Everyone in all these kinds of movies is always so impressively good with handguns. Like, right? It's it's fucking impossible to hit shit when you're holding a handgun with one hand, right, at, at arm length and like, pew, 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 pew. right. But in these movies, it's just like every shot's just yeah. dead center mass takes them down. Yeah. Like, I don't like guns. Bang, bang, bang. But I kill four people with four shots. Right. Like, what? Um, so eventually they 
oh, they send in like these guys, these skinheads. One one wave of skinheads comes in, and they get into the green room, and then you find out that one of the skinheads was the boyfriend of the girl that got murdered. And all of a sudden, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yes, yeah. There okay. was some, and then it's revealed that he's some kind of traitor to the white race, and so like they, he ends up helping them a little bit. Uh-huh. The band to get out, but immediately gets murdered. Um, that's kind of the, the the through line is like if anything goes goes good, someone's going to get murdered immediately. I'm just imagining fart cutting up everything you say in this uh-huh. whole episode. I'm just, I'm love it. Um, and then they get away and they come upon uh, Mirror Picard setting up their van and they ambush him and and kill him. Oh, and the other notable thing is the the guy like the venue manager that's kind of great like he's coming up to him as they just murdered all of the skinheads that they sent to him yeah sent to them and yeah and he's like blowing off the the, he's like pressure washing the blood off of the non-blood and he comes up and and looks at him he's like i just want to go to jail (laughs) it's like i don't want to get murdered i don't give a fuck just then just let me go to jail i'm just trying to manage a nightclub here right (laughs) He's like he's the one character that's pretty interesting and like he just looks like he's he's just trying to do his job. Yeah, I think his name is Gabe in the movie. Yeah. Um and Gabe is you know, he's it's just it seems like another night for Gabe. It seems like yeah, uh, another one of these weekends. Uh, another night of bullshit. How is your how is your evening, honey? Ugh, it seems like every month has to have one of these murders. <laughs> Some woman got her head stabbed again. You know how it is. Well, they have that low ceiling when you're going down the stairs, and every time you hit your head on the, you know. Um. So, anyways, you know they get more white supremacy than they bargained for. Bryce, can you chill out, please? You calm down. Um. So, who would like this? Other than white supremacists. Or would white supremacists like this? This is on the top of white supremacists' yeah. most hated movies, which is saying mm. something because it casts all white people. Mm. Um, so interesting turn of events there. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like the Don't Breathe audience would in particular. Yeah. It yeah. feels like a Don't Breathe lane. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, it f- just feels so... It's got some weird energy that doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's kind of okay, too. Right. And it's also hyper-realistic mm-hmm. at the same time that it doesn't quite make perfect sense. So, in And s- no one's likable in it. That's, that's the other commonality is, like, there's no one that you're really rooting for in this movie other than, like, well, you're supposed to root for the band because... They're not white supremacists, so obviously. Yeah, if you're taken by, like, edgy nihilism, um, then then this, you know, this will easily uh, hit that. And, you know, it's not, it is not a bad movie, and you get to see a lot of skinheads uh, hmm. get murdered. Uh, brutally. Yeah. yeah. Brutally. Um, or, also, if you don't like white people. Yeah. Also, pretty good. Because <laughs> a lot of them die. All righty. Was there any other bit you wanted to talk no. about? No. Oh, okay. I, the, the the thing, the, the interesting thing about Green Room is it is a bit of a one trick pony. Yeah. Um, but it is good at that trick. 
Okay, moving on. We have a new game called Color Me Titled. Okay. Let's, what is this game? So this game, I'm going to read you the synopsis and give you some... I'll even give you more than that. I'll give you the director and the stars okay. of these movies. And you have to guess the title. And all of these titles have colors okay. in the, the title. These are real movies. These are real movies plucked straight from Hollyweird. And um, not all horror movies, I suppose. They are all horror movies. <gasps> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, from 1974, a jazz pianist and a wisecracking journalist are pulled into a complex web of mystery after the former witnesses the brutal murder of a psychic. Uh, I'm going to skip the director because that might be too easy. Um, stars David Hemmings, Daria Nicolodi, and Gabrielle Lavia. This is a 1974 movie? 75. 75 movie. Could you read the... Uh, the description a jazz pianist and a wisecracking journalist are pulled into a complex web of mystery after the former witnesses the brutal murder of a psychic i'll give you another clue if you don't want to guess i think you started watching this movie but the clue is the director is dario argento oh deep red you got it deep red Boy, I did start watching this. Oof. Woof. <laughs> All right, from 1999. So I get one point? You get one point. Okay. We got seven of these. Okay. Uh, from 1999, searching for a cure to Alzheimer's disease. Well, you can yell it out once you get it. Uh, a group of scientists on an isolated research facility become the bait as a trio of intelligent sharks fight back. <laughs> Deep <Plissy. laughs> You got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a great... That's such a... That's like one of my ultimate, like, uh, just feel... Feel good. Feel good cable yeah. movies. Right up there with Tremors, Deep Blue Sea. Okay, these get harder now. Oh, dear. 1960, a vengeful witch and her fiendish servant return from the grave and begin a bloody campaign to possess the body of the witch's beautiful look-alike descendant, with only the girl's brother and a handsome doctor standing in their way. Director is Mario Brava, uh, stars Barbara Steele, John Richardson, and Andrea Cecchi. How shocked would you be if I got this one? A little shocked. Do you, would it's you, a pretty famous movie. Would you know this one? Um, but based on, I might be able to pull it out like on a really good day because I just recently read about. I almost picked this one for a pretentious review. Oh, I I'm this is just a total guess. Blue Moon. Nope. Black Sunday. Oh, okay. This is supposedly a pretty influential movie. Okay, a young... Oh, 1932. Ugh. Oh, man. A young man returns to a witch doctor to lure the woman he loves away from her fiancé, but instead turns her into a zombie slave. Director... A white zombie. White zombie. You got it. Yeah. All right. Wow, you got... F- three. three. I got three out of four. Out of four. Wow. Yeah. You did great. Good job. Yeah. Uh, so you only need one more to win. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, just to to beat the 50% right, threshold. Right, right, right. 2008, set in a small town in upstate New York at a prison-like dilapidated insane asylum, 
where secret drug testing has gone inexplicably wrong, patients are dying in sick and twisted ways, and those who survive are becoming raging, homicidal lunatics. It's only a matter of time before all hell breaks loose and the patients begin to crave freedom to take their vengeance out on the world outside. When one patient does escape, deformed, angry, and far beyond insane, he brings death and terror to an unsuspecting town and everyone in it. Director is James Adam Tucker. Stars Melissa R. Bat Basilar and Joshua Nelson and Joshua James. Would you know this one? No. It's super deep cut. It's a deep cut. Oh, boy, man. I, I got nothing. I just got zero. This one's Pink Eye. Oh, okay. I would not. I would not have, not have guessed. It's a horror movie about people farting into pillows. Oh no! <laughs> fart, 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 fart. F A R T. Okay, from 1985, in a small town, brutal killings start to plague the close knit community. Marty Koslaw, a paraplegic boy, is convinced the murders are the doings of a werewolf. Director Daniel. Adias, starring Gary Busey, Everett McGill, and Corey Haim. Holy moly, Corey Haim and Gary Busey in a werewolf movie together? Yep. <sighs> you, Color in the title. Yeah. You wouldn't know this one, would you? Um, On a very, very, very good day. I mean, there's... If you think about... If you rack your brain for every 1980s werewolf movie that you should probably know about, this would be one of them. Hmm. One of the two, really. There's somebody out there listening to the podcast being like, It's this stupid! <laughs> he's, oh, he's just... He's fucking it all up! He's doing it bad! Gary Busey, Corey Hip, come on! Oh, writer is Stephen King, if that helps. Oh, that might help. Um, okay, werewolf, Stephen King, color, Gary Busey, Corey Haim. Um, color out of space, 1986. Wrong. Silver bullet. Shit. I know. Shit. I, know. I, I w- just th- was thinking about oh. this movie for some reason. Oh, so close. I need to get one Damn more it. point. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 1988. An anthropologist goes to Haiti after hearing rumors about a drug used by black magic par- practitioners to turn people into zombies. Director Wes Craven stars Bill Pullman, Kathy Tyson, and Zake Smokey. Man, you're fucking with me here. I don't know. Hang on. Okay, Wes Craven. (laughs) This one is going to be funny. (sighs) Okay. I'm really surprised that none of your movies ended up being Blue Ruin. I had Blue Ruin pocketed. Um, Okay, so Wes Craven, who was in it? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Oh, rip. Kathy Tyson, Zake Smokey. I don't care about them. Um, Okay, so Black Magic Voodoo, 1988. Yeah. 
What's the, what's the description again? I'm not. An anthropologist this. goes to Haiti after hearing rumors about a drug used by black magic practitioners to turn people into zombies. Man, why are you doing me dirt oh, like man, this? You were so close. I see. I gave you hope. Would you have gotten it? No. What is it? I don't know. Uh, the serpent and the rainbow. Oh, shit. But that's not a color. Yeah, it's rainbow. Yeah, rainbow it's a color. variety of color. A rainbow color. Uh, serpent and the rainbow. What makes it better is Fart Simpson just, just mentioned was, it. Yeah. 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 I liked how he was concerned, like, that we were having a tiff, and he was <laughs> he became concerned about it. He's like, whoa, we're not breaking up the band here. I was like, bitch, this is called fucking Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> You know, every time we get in, like, a little tiff, I realize, like, oh, this is what he's been stewing on. Like, I know exactly what you've been stewing yeah, on. Yeah, I've been stewing on it, you dumb big idiot. So dumb. I'm like, oh, This thing okay. where you get to talk down to me about my technical abilities, meanwhile, simultaneously being like, can you help okay. me with my technical Okay, first, I've never talked down to you about your technical abilities. That's what you feel I'm doing. Well, yeah, by your by virtue of your actions, and, you, and then you were eye-rolling. Uh, so this started last night when Dan was saying like, this is the buttons you need to press. And I <laughs> I'll, I'll take up this. And I said, I'll take care of it. Not because of your technical ability. I'm condescending because your memory is not as good as mine. And I, Oh, well that makes were... it. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. My memory isn't as good as you. Well, it's not. It's let me tell you, it's real fucking good when it comes to this shit. I'll I know. Remember this steel trap. If ever. I offend you, the next time I want you to remember something, I'll be like, "Hey, little bitch, this is how it's done." <laughs> you fucking moron. You'll be like, <laughs> "Yeah." So that was one. That's definitely how to do it. And then you were like, "Oh, this. You can't hear the the sound bites on this thing," and I disagreed. I was mm-hmm. like, no, it's fine. And then you wanted to adjust it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, whatever. I I didn't want to disagree with you more. I just wanted to let you do whatever you wanted to do. And I think you interpreted that as Well, that's not how it went. Passive aggressive. I, I started moving something and you quickly ran over and acted as though I couldn't put it back myself. No, well, no, no, no. One was you were trying to turn up the volume and I was telling you where to turn it up. And, and you didn't know, by the way. It didn't end up being the thing you touched. No, it was my computer because I turned down my computer. It, yeah, but that that helped to an extent. But sure, it, well, yeah, yeah it didn't so that was another one needed. And then uh, when you're on stage, you're doing a sound check, and you tr- were trying to turn on the microphone. I told you not to because it would waste the battery. That didn't bother me, which ended up not mattering because it lost battery anyways. I can't believe the amount the amount of baloney. This should all be on the after party yeah. is what we're talking yeah. Anyways, that was uh, our episode for Green Room. Yeah, stick around for the after pot on this one. <laughs> so if you uh, want to support the show, please go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. Um, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, um, you know you should know that you can click through the button in our banner and we'll get a little taste of that. Um, also, of course, Patreon is the best way. To support us directly, if you want to call and leave us a review, or review, a voicemail, 682-253-4468. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. We love you. Bye. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go